Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time you're listening. So happy to be back on the mic with you guys. Honestly, I feel like I'm in a really good place and I'm so happy about that. Like you guys know the last month has just been an emotional roller coaster. Entrepreneurship usually is and I've just you know, I've been going through a lot of healing and reflections and self-awareness and several people in the last week have told me how proud of me they are of recognizing my faults and my growth and, you know, recognizing that I have been feeling a little bit more jealous lately of certain people in my life and it's something internal in me that I need to work on and just catching up after a year or two years of talking to people from law school or going to networking events and you know you get the question of oh what do you do and saying what I do and people are like wow that's really cool like that's such an interesting combination I think that's really cool that you're doing that I'm proud of you for going after what you want like things like that have just been really putting it into perspective for me that I'm doing a lot better than I think I am and that has kind of given me the confidence to not care anymore what people think you know we're always our worst critic and i'm not gonna say that i won't have bad days or moments where i let the imposter syndrome or the doubt creep in that's always gonna happen but you know despite all of those things like i'm really proud of where i've come from and how far i've come and everything that i've built and am building and i'm excited to see where that takes me and i know i've been saying that for a lot and it's really kind of cryptic but it's true and i just you know i every morning i wake up anxious of like all the things that are going wrong but i'm actively choosing to focus on the things that are going right and all the things i can do in one day to make those things better and to challenge those feelings and thoughts to show myself that i am worthy and i do deserve it and that everything is working and you know making that conscious choice has been it's hard but it's been good for me and yeah i just thought i would share that if anyone else is kind of going through a similar phase um you know i think may was rough for a lot of people i kind of keep hearing and I, I know a lot of people that are just struggling with career and work and if this is the path that they're meant to be on or choosing to follow a different path, a calling that they have. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, you lean into whatever it is that you feel you are meant to be doing and not care what people think because the more you do, the more you inspire the people around you to follow what they're meant to be doing. And that is something that that ripple effect is so, so powerful. And it is so, I don't know, at least to me, it's really rewarding. So I want you guys to be able to experience that. And I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought I would share that with you guys. I'm feeling a little, you know, sentimental today, I guess. Also, if you're in Canada or New York or up north, you know, and you're being affected by the smoke and the wildfires and the air quality, I hope that everyone is okay and that you guys are able to stay indoors or you have to go outside, be protected, wearing masks and all of that. I know we thought we were done with the masks, but, you know, we have to make sure that our health is... our our health is our priority health is wealth i actually did a tiktok about that recently because there was just some health stuff going on for me too i went to the doctor got my annual checkup and pap smear thankfully everything came back good for the first time in four years some like my tests all came back positive and like everything was good and that just you know it was really really nice and so I, i talked about it on tiktok and got a little vulnerable on there which i usually reserve for the podcast but i thought i would bring it to tiktok for a little while but yeah um over here in miami it is hot and humid like usual swim week has begun it's usually in july it's in june this year which is very strange um so i'm excited to go to a couple of events didn't get invited to many but a few and it's a start i'm just really 
I'm trying to be more of a yes girl, like and say yes to more opportunities and events and things going on and trying to show up for as many things as I can within reason, within my budget, you know, within my schedule. Because the more I show up for things and people and the more I put myself out there, the more opportunities are going to come my way. And that's what this year is about for me, just saying yes to more things and being more present in the moment and go with the flow, more spontaneous. And so far, it has been working very, very well for me. And I've gotten to reconnect with people from college or from law school or meet new people and really build some great friendships and work opportunities have come my way and things have just been going really really good for me so i wanted to share that with you guys and inspire you and encourage you to maybe do the same you know hot girl summer in our delusional girl era whatever you want to call it but you know just leaning into what makes you happy what makes you passionate what fuels you and where you want to go like don't let anybody stand in your way of that and make sure you're taking care of yourself and putting yourself first and you know listening to your intuition and just you know being open to the opportunities that life will present you when you are you know actively in alignment with who you're really meant to be and what makes you happy and i'm not going to say that life isn't going to be tough at times but i think it gets a lot easier and a lot more fun when you are just you know really in line with who you are and who you're meant to be and with that i want to do a quick suck and sweet of the week and then we'll dive right into this week's guest my suck of the week is that on that date i went on a couple of weeks ago i sprained my ankle really bad and it's still hurting me two weeks later um mostly because i haven't really stopped i just you know i keep walking and i keep going out and doing things and i haven't really worn heels that much but definitely not giving it the rest it needs um has been hard but what's another and also i think to just like these like emotional like feelings like these reflections episodes like they're not fun they're definitely emotionally draining but it's been good for me to go through that because i have a feeling about this summer i've been saying that for a while if you've been following here and you know you kind of need to go through those down days to really appreciate the good ones and i know that there's a lot to come the next few months this summer and just the life that i'm building for myself and my sweet of the week is that i got to see some friends got brunch a couple of times went to the beach laid by the pool have a really good tan going um And just being outside in nature with friends and having a good time catching up, reconnecting with people, um, meeting people at networking events like that has just been really fun for me and it fuels me. You know, I'm the type of person that I need to completely deplete my battery in social settings and get to zero and then rest and replenish and then I have to spend it all again. And I've just been going through that phase of being really introspective and, you know, not really wanting to go out and do things and be around people but now i feel like i'm in that social like time to deplete the energy and go out and have fun and loosen up and it's a cycle it goes in waves for sure but i feel good about the next few weeks i'm just excited for all the events and the opportunities with swim week and just meeting people and making plans to do things and yeah my brother's gonna teach me to go play golf we're gonna go golf with some of my mom's co-workers that are our age she invites us to networking events with them so they can meet people since they're not from miami um and for my brother who's looking for a job and for me to just network and make friends and you know all of that so it's been good i'm i'm excited for what's to come like i said and i think you know this summer's gonna gonna be a good one so i'm excited to bring you guys along and i hope that you guys are all having a good start to your summer and to your june and that you guys listen to yourselves and what really makes you happy what you want because i think you know not enough people do that and it's something really powerful when we do and I, i want that for you guys but yeah if you like this episode please leave a rating and review please subscribe to the show share with a friend tag us as you're listening let me know what you want to see next 
who you want to hear from next and how I can make Let's Get Candid your favorite podcast to listen to every week. I, oh, I totally forgot to introduce this week's guest. My bad. This week is Danny Ponce. She is a fellow Miami blogger and influencer. She's a fashion girly. She loves pink and bows and hair clips and makeup. And she works at Dr. Dennis Gross, and which is one of my favorite skincare brands. And we talk all about how she got into the blogging space, how she got her job at Dr. Dennis Gross, the different career paths that led her there. And... You know the lessons she's learned along the way and how she balances both being a creator and working in a corporate job and which i feel like is very rare some people want to become full-time creators and not have to do a corporate job but she is someone we talk about how she knew that having a corporate job was the right path for her and she went back to that and yeah we just have a really great conversation it's fun catching up with people and especially that I know in real life and getting to hear their story and how they got their start and what makes them, you know, create the content that they do and show up the way that they do. And if you like fashion and working with brands, there's a lot of info in here for you to do so. So definitely a great episode to check out. And yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and I'll see you guys next week. Meet Danny. So Danny, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? Um, oh gosh, I was not expecting that question. Um, let me think. Um, I think I'm kind of quirky and funny, but I don't really come off that way on social media at all. I don't really post funny content. I feel like I try my best in being cute and like post fashion and pink. And I don't think people all realize that I'm a little bit more sassy in person and quirky and funny than I am on social media. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Do you do that intentionally? Or like, is that like, so that this is a big topic lately for me on the podcast, like keeping like a part of ourselves private for ourselves, for our friends and family. And that's super important. And you have to be conscious of that. So do you purposely choose not to portray that side of your personality for privacy reasons? Or it just is, doesn't like, that's not the image you want to portray. Like, because it's hard balancing, like being I always say like, I'm a hundred percent offline who I am online, but there's more to me offline. And I know you're the same way. You're very much who you are online, but there's more to you offline. So you do, do you like intentionally choose not to share the fun, quirky side of you or it just like, you never started it. And like, now you keep that to yourself. Yeah. I think it's pretty much, I just never, I'm, I'm not the kind of person to like grab my phone and just like start talking on stories and just go on and on. Like, it's so rare that you'll even see me talking on my stories, to be honest. Um, so I think that's why it's not necessarily intentional. It's just, I feel like I do like to keep things a little bit more private and I like to just stick to fashion and beauty. And at the end of the day, I don't feel like anybody really cares about my life, which maybe that might sound like a little bit odd, but I'm just not one to really go in depth with the details about, you know, my, my life and my boyfriend, et cetera. So I don't know. I think I just like keeping it separate. And I also um, have a friend who specifically told me like, that's what I love about your page. You just like stick to the fun stuff, which is like, you know, the clothes and all the, the pink and, you know, the stores and everything. And you're not out here, like getting emotional on Instagram or, you know, having, having like coming off, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, I think I like just to keep them separate. If that makes sense. No, that's totally fair. Yeah, I think as I've gotten older and now that I'm in a career where I I by nature can't share everything, my personal content has gotten even less personal and it like I just I share even less than I used to. I've always been more of a lifestyle than fashion. Like you're more fashion, so you don't really need to share your lifestyle. That's not your niche. Yeah. And and you've cultivated a brand for yourself in that way and that's why you don't have to share. And I think for me, I always was more lifestyle. So I was sharing inherently more of that stuff. And I think as I've gotten older, there's just more I want to keep private. And I think the beauty is that we can kind of evolve and change and switch it up sometimes. And yeah, people are going to be like, they're going to ask you questions like, oh, I want to know more about this. And you have the choice of whether you want to answer or not. And no one can say like, you used to share it and now you don't like, why not? It's like, because I just chose not to. And yeah, that's okay. And you can change it whenever you want. But I think there's a lot to be said for having never gone there because you wanted to keep it fun and light and 
there's nothing wrong with that. It's just everyone kind of approaches social media differently. And it's cool to see how you approached it all along. When did you start creating content? It's like, I've been following you forever, but you know, you've grown quite a lot recently. How did, like, when did it start? How did it start? Like to walk us through getting started on social media. So I started, it feels like forever ago, but I started back in 2017, but my intention wasn't to be like a quote unquote influencer. It was more so to be a blogger. I loved writing blogs specifically about like makeup and skincare. So um, I started a blog when I was a junior in college. And so if there was like a new product out there at Sephora that was like super popular, I would buy it and I would do a review on it. So my main thing and like my baby was my blog. I absolutely loved doing that. And so I did that for a few years. And with Instagram, I mean, I would post every now and then, but it wasn't like I wanted to gain a following. I just really wanted to drive people to the blog. So I used Instagram as a support system for the blog. And I will say at that point in 2017 or 2018, um, I still had a lot of opportunity with just the blog. I mean, I was getting invited to beauty events like Laura Mercier, Bare Minerals, Pharmacy. And I think that it really did work for me at the time. It's unfortunate that now blogs aren't really a thing anymore because I thought that it was so much fun. But I think now people are more um, in tune with like TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. So I did the blog for a few years and then the pandemic hit. And that's when I really started focusing and honing in more on Instagram. So I started doing like mirror selfies and that worked for me for, I want to say like six months. Like I would just start doing mirror selfies. And then that's when I started reaching out to brands and brands started reaching out to me. And I just started getting so much clothes. And I was like, okay, like this is like, this could be something. And I started seeing more success in Instagram versus just like doing the blogs. So for that period of time, I kind of like let go of the blog a little bit and started just really focusing on Instagram. And then pretty much I've just been doing Instagram since then. So I think how long I've been, how long have I been creating content for? Well, since 2017, but in terms of Instagram, I think I'd say like 2020. Yeah. That's cool. I started with the blog in college too, and I loved it. And sometimes I still go back and read my own blog post or like when people ask me a question, I'm like, oh, I have a blog post on this. And then I reread them and I'm like, damn, that was so like, I miss these days. Yeah. But yeah, during the pandemic, we all kind of had to, had to switch over to Instagram because it just made more sense that way. But it's cool to see someone else who got started back then. And it's also, I didn't know that you were getting brand deals on working with brands at that point too back when it was just the blog that is really cool and I just think it's so cool how like to see how people's journeys have evolved and how we've evolved like even like you you know you start though not just like the medium you were sharing it in but also the content you were sharing like oh yeah doing mirror mirror selfies on Instagram and then brands started sending you stuff or inviting you to find like oh like I can share this like let me start doing that and then that picks up and it it you just keep keep it going and that's it's important to always keep it fresh and try new things and see what works and see what doesn't and that's what allows us to have the longevity and it's not about going viral it's about keeping consistent and you know building a community and and I think you've been able to do that because you're willing to try out different things which is cool yeah 100% like I think the mirror selfies again it worked for a good chunk of time but after a certain point like I just wasn't getting a lot of engagement on it and I was just like okay the mirror selfies are done they're dead So that's when I started, I guess, like shooting more by myself or like with other people. And now it's just become, I guess, like what it is. Yeah. So you started in college, you know, did you, are you a full-time like on Instagram or TikTok or do you have a job? Like how did, how did you balance back then versus what you're doing now? Like, is this a full-time thing for you? It's not a full-time thing. It's part-time for now. Um, but I do have a full-time job, which I obviously love. We can chat about more in a little bit. But in, I think back in 2017 or 2020, it was a little bit easier for me just because it, it I didn't necessarily see it as, as a job. Now I do. So back then, I mean, if I didn't post for two weeks, like it wasn't a big deal. I didn't care. Um, and back then I also wasn't getting paid for things. So if I didn't meet a specific deadline, it was like, okay, what are you going to do about it? You know? So I think back then it was much more easier than it is now. I think now I basically get my content done on the weekends just because Monday through Friday, I am working at my 
my job. And thankfully now with like daylight savings, if it's like six o'clock, I can maybe go and shoot because it is still super beautiful and sunny. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I balance things. Monday through Friday is for my full-time job. And then Saturday, Sunday is for content creation. Yeah. And do you like, even at night, like, do you do admin stuff during the weekday or you strictly stick to Monday through Friday work and then weekends? For yeah. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm always doing admin stuff to be honest. Like I'll check my email every hour. If I need to send an invoice, like I'll do that on the side. Like, I feel like I, I'm always checking my email and I'm always on top of that. But in terms of content creation, that's more so like on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, same. I, I have a million different emails and I'm checking all of them. Like if I check oh, yeah. one, I have this compulsive need to check all of them to see if anything <laughs> has changed. It's, it's honestly a problem. Talk a little bit about your job. Like what, you know, what, what was the first job you got out of college? Like, and how has that really allowed you to get into the job you're in now? Was it Cause I know you do influencer marketing at a company now where yeah. you always influencer marketing where like, what did you, what did you study? What was your first job out of college? Like walk us through the career evolution. Yeah. So in college I started, I studied, sorry, PR and marketing. And so I did an internship um, at a cruise line for a year and I absolutely loved that company. Um, and then after a year, I switched over to full time and it was kind of more in like an admin role. And I was in that admin role, I think for about two years. And at one point I was just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, I wasn't doing marketing. I wasn't happy. I absolutely loved the company and it opened so many doors for me. But at the end of the day, like I just wasn't doing marketing. So again, like when the pandemic hit, you know, we started working remote. That's when I was like, okay, like I don't mind the job that much because I'm here at home and it was okay for me. But then it was like, return to office and then that's when I was like I've been you know working remote for like a year now I'm not going back to the office no way and at that point I was like okay I'm not doing marketing I'm not I'm not passionate about this role now they want me to drive an hour every day like this is just not working for my lifestyle anymore and it was really difficult for me to leave because I get really attached to jobs and I get really attached to team members and companies and just like a specific lifestyle. So it was really hard for me to leave. But at that point, I was like, I can no longer do this. So I left to um, another small, another business, and it was a small business. And I feel like that was just worse. Honestly, I was miserable. I worked there for a few months, and it was probably like the worst experience of my life. It wasn't anything against the company. I just wasn't used to working for such a small company because the company I was at before was a huge corporation where I had a manager who would check in on me and we had meetings every day. And so going from something a little bit more corporate versus a fresh new startup was was not easy for me. I, I didn't like it. Um, so when, I mean, that was definitely really difficult for me. I had a lot of anxiety. I would cry every day just because I was like, oh my gosh, like I left my job at the cruise line to now do something that you know I'm not loving and at the startup I was doing social media but again like it was for a brewing company and like I'm not I'm not really passionate about beer I absolutely love beer but is my dream to create content about beer not really so I knew what I wanted like ever since I was 16 years old like my dream was always to work in beauty I just feel like in Miami, that is very difficult to do because there aren't a lot of beauty companies, um, or I should say like a lot of beauty companies within marketing. So I never even thought that I would have the opportunity to work in beauty, but it's something I always wanted to do. And so I pretty much manifested the shit out of my job. To be completely honest, like I'm really big on manifestation. I was so depressed at the startup uh the startup brewing company that I was like, I need to get out of here, like ASAP. So I basically wrote down what I wanted, like, and I knew what I wanted. I wanted to work in the influencer industry. I wanted to work in beauty. I wanted to be for a brand that I truly loved and was cruelty-free. And then I had interviews for multiple roles until eventually, finally, like I landed the job at Dr. Dennis Gross. And honestly, it's been like the best job I've ever had. Um, and I just want to say that manifesting, like, it is a thing. It oh, really 100%. Is. I think it's really funny that you preferred the corporate life more than a small business. I feel like that's, you don't hear that nowadays, which I think is really refreshing to hear that you actually enjoyed and you wished you would have stayed at a corporate job 
Yeah. And, and, and you kind of did go back to that in a different role in a new way, which is why you're so much happier. And, and I think it's really important to recognize that you don't have to go the route that everybody else is going just because everybody else is doing it. Like if you know what you want and what works for you, stick to that. And you did, you stuck to the 16 year old version of you, what you, what you wanted then it's still, it was still at that time in your twenties, what you wanted and you found a way to make it happen for yourself. And you, not only did you manifest it, you put in the work to do it. You reached out and you started applying to roles that were going to allow you to get back to where you wanted to be. It wasn't that cruise line anymore because mm-hmm. that, that wasn't exactly the right fit, but it was closer to, and you acknowledged like, okay, that is more what I want. Let me look for companies in beauty that are going to give me that feeling. And, and it worked out for you. So I think I wanted to mention that too, because I think so many people nowadays are like, let me be an entrepreneur, go work for a small business so I can get the flexibility, yeah. the lifestyle, the this, the that, and not necessarily is that the best path for them because mm-hmm. maybe they are better suited for corporate and you you knew that you were better suited for corporate and you you, you took yeah. that into account. Um, where did you look for these roles? Like, okay, once you knew like, I want to be in social media, I want to be an influencer marketing, I want to do like corporate world, like where do you go look for these roles? And how did you, like, when did you know, like, okay, like I want to be an influencer marketing. I want to work in corporate and influencer marketing. And where do you find these jobs for people who want to work in this? Well, I think I always wanted to work in influencer marketing. Like I think straight out of college, just because I am on the other side. So I think I've always been curious to being, you know, being like the influencer manager or coordinator, et cetera. So I was always very curious and wanted to expand a little bit more on that. Um, unfortunately, I just wasn't really doing that at the cruise line, but I pretty much just looked on LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is a great source. It's just a little bit overwhelming because there are so many applicants, but to, to be completely honest, like I just, I really made my resume, you know, to fit my personality. I'm pretty sure my resume was like pink. <laughs> and I think that, I think it's okay to do that. If you're in marketing, obviously if you are in a more you know, serious role like you are. And I wouldn't, you know, recommend like a very vibrant. Yeah, I was going to you know. say, I agree. Yeah. If you're <laughs> yeah. for, for lawyers and like med school and things like that, like black and white is good. Yeah. If 100%. You're in a more creative role where they're going to be more open and conducive to that and they want to see creative expression and you're sending a portfolio or something like that, then yeah, go ahead and decorate it and make it your own because that's what they're, yeah. looking for. they're hiring you to be that. Yeah, so I pretty much just made my resume really fun. And then I just made sure to stay in touch with the hiring manager. I think that's the most important part. I don't think that just applying for a job on LinkedIn is enough. I think you need to take the extra step and really chat with multiple people within the company and just try to get your foot in the door. I think that's that's the best the best thing you can do if you really want um, a job. And honestly, this it's been like my dream job and I'm so happy. And I mean, I feel like if you are in a place where you are super unhappy and you feel lost, like just know like it does get better. It really does. Cause I was miserable for months and I would never thought that I'd be able, you know, to be so happy at my job, but you know, it worked out for me. Yeah. I can say the same. I, I I've been talking about a lot on the podcast, how I feel like I've, I'm the best I've ever been. And you and I were talking offline, like kind of the evolution of my career and why I went the route that I went. And compared to, you know, my contemporaries, people who are doing are in my, you know, same place in their career at different companies. And, and yeah, I think, like I said before, it's a lot about taking into account what works for you and what you want and making your career fit that lifestyle that you want and how you want to feel at work and who you want to surround yourself with, not just in friendships and relationships, but your career too, because you spend so much of your time at work that you want to enjoy what you're doing. And 100%. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that you that that was exactly what you did and exactly what I did and yeah, it does get better. You know, you got to put in the work. You have to mm-hmm. you can manifest and you can pray, but you also have to put in the work, but it can mm-hmm. get so much better if you're willing to to do something about it and and I think it's it's a testament to to you, to me, to anyone who is doing this whole like influencer thing like People are willing to just figure it out and make an industry that has so many unknowns and so many avenues. Like there's so many ways to be an influencer or a content creator or do social media. There's so many ways to do it now. And I think 
just combining your skill sets and your passions and finding a way to make it work for you. Like there's so much to be said for that. Yeah. Um, So talking about LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn. Anyone who listens to my podcast knows I am a LinkedIn fiend. How did you, like, what did you say when you reached out to these brands? Like when you were making these connections with people in the companies that you wanted to work at, so you could get more information. And so like, if they're like, oh, like her res, like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. She sent me a LinkedIn message. Oh, I've seen her resume. Like, so people would recognize your name. Like what was your message to them? What was your email? What did you include? Yeah, I pretty much just included the fact that, you know, I was passionate about their company and that I am a small creator myself. So I understood, you know, pretty much the job. I think just, you know, keeping it short and straight to the point was really helpful for me. Um, I think that sometimes like the long emails can get a little bit like overwhelming. So I just really introduced myself, kept it kept it genuine and just express my interest in the company and explain why I wanted to work there. I think explaining why you want to work somewhere is a huge deal. And I think that recruiters um, can respect that for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. I, yeah, I always say like, I, my little like pitch template is always like introduce myself. You know, I see that you work at this. I would love to learn more about your role. I I love the company. I've been using it for this long, or I've been going there or whatever, if it's a service, a good, whatever it is, I would love to work at that company. I would love to do like what you do. I would love to learn more about how you like bring it back to them. They want to talk about themselves. How did you get into that role? How can I do what you do? Like what, what can I be doing now while I'm still in school or while I'm trying to figure out what I want to do? Like, you know, how can I do that? I would love to chat with you. Here's my availability. Yeah look forward to speaking to you. And like, you kind of take the guesswork out of it. They know why you're reaching out. They know a little bit about you. There's something to talk about and you're giving them a time and a day. Like, yeah, hundred percent. I think people expect to just, you know, get interviews just by hitting the apply button on LinkedIn. That's not enough, especially when there are so, I mean, even in the beauty industry, so many applicants, it's like, you can't just apply to a job and expect to hear back. You really have to put in the work and do some research. And it takes a lot of time, honestly, but it's all worth it in the end. Yeah. I think applying to a job is a full-time job. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Seriously. (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) But so you, you work in influence marketing in two different ways. We were talking about like, there's so many ways to do it and you do it into, you work in a corporate company doing influencer marketing Mm -hmm. and you work on a brand side. And then you also are an influencer yourself. How do they both challenge you? Like, and, and you clearly get something out of both ways of being in it like what are the like what do you get out of each one and how do they challenge you well I mean I think in my role you know at Dr. Dennis it could be challenging just because there are so many influencers out there like this mark it's I mean it's incredibly saturated I'm sure you've heard and so I think it's about finding the right partner and then also building on the relationship and then there's just like so many different personalities. Like I, for the most part, all of my experiences within my company has been, have been amazing. And I'm talking about like my experiences with other influencers. For the most part, everyone is very respectful and kind, but of course, sometimes you, you come across influencers who are like extremely overpriced or they are very rude. So I think that is a little bit challenging sometimes, but at the end of the day, like I always put myself in the influencer's shoes because I also do the same the same kind of work. So I can understand why sometimes influencers can be a little bit, I don't know what the right word is, but a little bit, I guess, sassy. (laughs) And I think on the influencer side, I guess being content creator, what's challenging for me is I think just doing it by myself. Like sometimes I am like, I wish I had an assistant or something because getting content for me is a little bit difficult. I will say, because I get a lot of it myself. So having to go out and shoot, I mean, I, I freak out when I shoot in public. I, like the second I see a person, I literally run away. I get so uncomfortable. Like, nope, 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 nope. And it just gives me so much anxiety. And I've seen, like, I've heard a lot of stories of people shooting, you know, in public and having men approach them. And like, I thankfully have never had like a scary situation like that. I've never been threatened. It's been more so like men asking me like, what are you doing? But even then, like, that makes me cry. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I immediately am like, okay, I have to leave. Like, Like, it just makes me uncomfortable. So I think- as a content creator, the most difficult thing for me is having to do it alone. And then also not everybody understands sometimes, like if I'm on vacation and I need to shoot an outfit, 
I feel like people might be like, it's not that serious. I, we can shoot it later. And it's like, no, 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 but like I need to get the shot. And so I don't think that people understand how difficult it could be getting content. So yeah, I, I don't even, I'm sure you feel my pain. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I always joke that I'm a shitty influencer because I forget sometimes like I'm having so much fun at dinner or out or at an event or on vacation that I know I should take content and I wanted to, like that was my intention, but then I forget because I'm actually having fun and it's hard to remember to, to be like present and also like create the content because you, oh my God. you yeah. one, it's your I job and two, you want to. And then the other side is, yeah, like people just don't get it. So I like struggle with like, both sides. Yeah. I think that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I think I'm like the complete opposite, to be honest. I'm that kind of person that it's like, I'm, if I'm on vacation or I'm doing like a food collab or something, like the first thing I want to do is just get the content out of the way with so that then I can have fun. But then it's like frustrating if it's, if it's like not coming out good. Cause then like the whole day's ruined. So yeah, yeah I have both. I think I, I think I am both. It just depends. Like some days it's one or the other, or yeah, then I get frustrated or it depends on my mood. And, and I think it also depends on who I'm with. Like, you know, I, my parents now they get it. Like they're, they're used to it. They understand my mom takes my content. It's fine when I'm out with friends and stuff, or like I'm, or, or other influencers and like, they're over here taking content. I'm like, Oh, maybe I should do that too. But I was actually having a good time. So then I forgot. Um, but it's, it's hard, definitely balancing, you know, living in the moment and being present and creating the content. And I think, and I think that's some, like, I think that's actually a big, like critique that people have of influencers. It's like, are you actually like, like, is this really your life? Or you just like creating content? Like, it's like, at least for me, it's like, no, it's really my life. I just, (laughs) I like taking pretty pictures too. Like I can do both, but sometimes it's, it's hard to do both. Yeah. So you've been working at this company, I think a year now, right? Or a little bit more than that? Yeah, over a year. Yes. It's so crazy. I remember I started following you, I think, like in the pandemic time. So I've like seen the evolution of like your career and it's crazy how time flies. But how do you balance it now? Like besides like the, like the schedule, like nine to five, Monday through Friday is work and then content creation, but just, you know not being able to share certain aspects of your job and other aspects of it. You can share because you are an influencer too. And you work with yeah. them and you can share like the events and like the pretty stuff, you know, is, has that been difficult? Like knowing what you can share about your career or do people ask you about your job? Like how did you um, get in stuff like that? I get, I get a few comments of like, Oh, you know, like how did you land this role? But I really don't give too much detail about it just because I want to keep it separate and I also don't want to say anything that I'm not allowed to say. I mean, they've never told me, oh, you can't say X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? But I try to just keep both separate. I mean, I'm always talking about the products. I really love the brand. So I think that's that's the most that I've spoken about the brand. I've never really gone in depth about like my experience working there or about like influencers I've encountered. I just, I haven't done that. I don't know if I would want to. But really, my experience at the company has just been like so great. Maybe I should share more about it, to be honest, like now that you've asked, just because it it has been a really great experience. And I love the events and being able to travel and whatnot. So yeah, I think I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, it's hard, I think, to know like what you can share and what you should share. And yeah, like for me, if things are going really, really well, I tend to not share as much. So it maybe makes sense why you want to keep that to yourself in private mostly because yeah you don't know what you can and can't share like but also you want to keep that for yourself and I I think that's totally fair I was just curious like because you don't really share that I again wasn't sure if it was like intentional or not but I think I I honestly like I like that you like I, I aspire that I want that I want to be a little bit more like to the vest and like private and I think I'm getting there I'm working on it but I think it it is hard to navigate like when we started off you know doing it in college and like sharing more about our lives. And as we get older, recognizing like we can't share as much as we used to because it's not just us anymore. You know, there's yeah. there's people involved, there's companies involved, life happens. Um, My gosh. And that's funny that you say that because I remember one time, this was years ago, like when I worked at the um, the cruise line, I had written a blog post and it like, I think it was like an about me post or something. And I had mentioned that like, I'm not a morning person at all. And somehow like someone from HR like found it and I got in trouble. They were like, oh, we saw that you have a post saying that you're not a morning person. Like that's not a good reflection on our company. Like 
you should like take it down. And I was just like, oh dear God. Okay. Yeah. So we were talking about offline. That's exactly things, things like that, that are so, you think they're so stupid and they like, it's like, really? Um, and actually I posted something about that on my story the other day of like, do you care what time it looks like I started working on Instagram? Like, does that actually make you want to work with me more or less? Cause like, I'm not a morning person. Like I much, I'm most productive between like 10 and six. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to do stuff before 10 AM. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to have to, but like yeah. in an ideal world. So like, if you leave it up to me, I probably won't start working until 10 because I'm willing to work later into the day but I like my slow mornings and that shouldn't be a reflection of my work ethic or what I'm willing to put into the company or the company itself. And I think sometimes like like, brands don't get that. I know. Although I wish I was like one of those early. So like woke up super early to like go do Pilates. Like my coworker, Anna is, um, she like loves to work out in the morning. And I'm like, I physically don't know how you do that because I wake up at 8.30 and even then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to like get up now. And like, I feel like for most people, 8.30 is pretty late. So no, I'm the same way. I wake up between so, 8 and 8.30. So I feel you. Yeah. And I'm like telling her, I'm like, you inspire me so much because she goes on her morning workouts and like, she's like super awake and alive by the time we have like our our, our uh, daily meetings at 9 a.m. And I'm just like, okay, can't relate, but I love that for you. <laughs> I know I want to be a morning workout girl so bad. Like the mornings that I do it, I'm like, why don't I do this more often? Like, this was amazing. If I'm productive before, before noon, I'm like, awesome. I want to do this again. But the next day I have all the intention in the world. It will not happen because I'm tired from not having gotten as much mm-hmm. sleep as I did the day before. And oh I'm like, this is like, this is dumb. Like what the heck? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> but so now I'm with you. I, yeah, I, my alarm is set for seven, but 90% of the time I'm not getting out of bed until like 8am. And I, and okay, I, then seven is so early. <laughs> well, it's just because I tend to have to answer emails. So like I'm in bed or like I'm drinking my coffee and I'm like answering emails, but like, I'm not necessarily like fully functioning. Right, like working. Yeah. Like, working. Called, like online. Yeah. I try not to be online until nine, but it's, it's hard. Like I, I love a slow morning. I want to be a workout in the morning kind of girl. It's just, I'm not that girl. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, speaking of wellness and like working out, like, do you have a wellness routine? Do you, when do you, when do you implement that? Cause like me, like you do so much, you have two basically Mm full-time jobs. How do you make time for yourself? What are some of your favorite like wellness rituals? Oh God, to be honest, I'm probably like the least active person in the entire world. Like I'd be lying if I told you I was like all about fitness and health because I'm totally not. <laughs> I hate working out. Um, I'd rather just like be at home watching TV, having a beer, you know, but I do try and get a workout, a workout in like three to four times a week. The thing with me is that like, I will go hardcore one week and be so proud of myself. And then the next week, it's always something it's either like I have an event or I'm hanging out with my boyfriend or, you know, I got my period and I have cramps. So I don't want to work out. You're preaching to the choir. This is literally me. (laughs) I won't work out at all. So then it's like, okay, I went hard one week and then literally did zero workouts another week. So I actually have a really hard time balancing like both jobs, my friendships, being a good daughter, being a good sister, being a good girlfriend, and then also working out. But I feel like lately I've been pretty good at it. I've been trying to go for a workout at like 5.36, like the second I get off work. That way I come home, I shower, and then I have time to either hang out with a friend or like invite my boyfriend over, et cetera. So I think it's just about like prioritizing what's important. And then also do you like, okay, how do I explain this? Like I have a lot of like breaks in between the day. Like, okay, like I'm going to go for a snack or like, you know, and I feel like it, like cutting those breaks sometimes can, can help get things going quicker. If that makes sense. Like in after work, typically, like I would just lay down and like watch TikTok instead of doing that. It'd probably be much better for me to just go and put my workout clothes on and just head to the gym, you know? Yeah. I, I, I do that too. I take breaks during the day, you know, go get refill my water and go walk around yeah. outside and get some sunshine in or go mm-hmm. to the bathroom. And like, maybe I'll do like, I used to during bar prep, I would either do squats in the bathroom or I would like answer like practice questions. So at least I wasn't like wasting time. 
So like, I'll try to do that now. Maybe I'll like move my body for a little bit, do some jumping jacks, get the blood flow yeah. up since I got away from the computer for a second. Um, but yeah, that's something I want to do since I'm not a morning person. I want to be better about when I do shut the computer off. Yeah. Go and work out right at that moment. And like, like you said, like daylight savings and it's so nice out. I'm like, okay, like I want to make it a point to like once or twice a week, go for a walk around my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. And just, just something to move your body. Yeah. To, to move my body, to get outside, get away from the computer. But I like that you, that you take breaks and for yourself, that's super important. I, I do that too. And I'm a big advocate of that. Where do you work out? Like, do you go to a gym? Do you do like a class yeah. or an app? So I go to the gym because I feel like once I'm there, I'm doing, so I have to do a workout. I've tried, you know, working out at home, but I'm just like, I'll do like five crunches and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. I'm done. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being really transparent with you. No, I I am not one of those girlies who can work out at home. I think during the pandemic, I did have a a pretty good schedule. Like I would do this, like a specific ab routine and then like a leg workout. And I was pretty solid during the pandemic, but then I just don't know what happened. I just cannot bring myself to do like an at-home workout. So I just go to the gym. So I'll do like incline walk, um, the Stairmaster and then some weights, honestly, nothing crazy. I just really want to get my body moving, especially because I'm sitting like eight hours in a day. Um, so yeah, it's definitely important to just get the body moving. Yeah, no, I think I'm the same way. I think part of it is because so much like during the pandemic, there wasn't anything really going on. So like yeah. being getting up and going for a workout, even if it was in your house was something to do. Whereas now everything is back. Like there's so much to do that that gets, you know, thrown away sometimes. And, and also like, you don't want to work out at home sometimes because you want to get out of the house because we do work remote or hybrid nowadays. Most people, you know? Yeah. I think also if you like find someone to work, to work out with, it could be helpful. Like sometimes I'll go with my mom or I'll go with my boyfriend. So that's a little bit helpful too. Yeah. I want to, I wish I had like someone to go on walks with, or yeah, like for someone to take me to the gym with me, because if I'm with someone and they're like motivating me, I'm a lot more willing to do it. But if it's just me, like, yeah, I'll scroll TikTok or <laughs> I'll read a book or yeah. I'll watch TV. Like there's so many other things I'd rather be doing. Um, what is your favorite type of content to create? So you're mostly in fashion and beauty, which do you prefer either one? Like what, what, what do you like creating most? Yeah. So on Instagram, I definitely like doing fashion. I love shooting at the beach. Whenever my friend Isa is in town, we like typically head to the beach and like take pics together. And I also feel like that's the best content that performs for me. So I love like the pink aesthetic that I have going on on Instagram. Love that. And then on TikTok, I mean, I'm still fairly new to TikTok, I feel. And it's mostly, um, I want to say more beauty content just because it's, I feel like TikTok is more of a place to like have a conversation. So I definitely enjoy Instagram content more, I will say. Like I do like TikTok, but I just I like taking pictures. I think I'm I'm still more old school when it comes to content creation. Like, can we bring the pictures back, please? hundred <laughs> percent. I much prefer pictures. I like TikTok in the sense of like me and my friends are having conversations on TikTok all day, like sending each other videos back and forth and yeah. like laughing and whatever. But creating content is so much harder for me on TikTok because I am a picture person. And I just, I don't naturally think to like record my life in videos. Yeah. And it. it's and just I feel not- like girls, I feel like girls make it look so effortless and easy. And they're like, oh, just get B-roll content of everything. And I'm like, but I'm at home working all day. Like what's, you know, what? Like, literally. I, like, I see so many like aesthetic, like day in my life. And I'm like, can't relate. I'm literally like in sweats and a crop top, no makeup, hair is not done. Like. That's not like, I really, I don't understand the whole thing of like being super aesthetic on TikTok. Like again, could not be me, but I will say it's interesting because it's kind of like you said, as a content creator, I prefer, I prefer Instagram and pictures, but as a viewer, I do prefer TikTok. I will say. Yeah, no, me too. I am. Yeah. I think I'm the same way, but no, for me, the days in my life, like, what do you want me to do? Just put my phone up here and record me as I'm doing this. Like, that's what I I'm working. I'm staring at a computer screen all day. Like sometimes sometimes I'm talking on a mic, but like other times I'm literally just reading contracts all day. Like I promise it's not that fun. Yeah. I do feel like those videos are not realistic. Like, and then I just, I don't want to say it's cringe because I don't want to shit on anybody that does that kind of content because it is very beautiful. But I think the idea of just like putting 
my tripod in front of my bed and like pretending to wake up like I just I cannot wrap my head around it I've like, done it a few times but it it does it, it just it's not that's not what my real morning like, pretend to like. wake up like yeah the fake yawn like I can't I actually cannot no I've done it a few times but it just just it doesn't feel natural to me at all so yeah it's not I don't enjoy that kind of content either I, I'd rather go back to pictures like give me yeah. give me pictures back on Instagram please I'm glad that little by little it seems like we're starting to but you know it's just- I don't even know honestly I feel like I'm in my flop era right now with Instagram honestly like, I think we been- all are honestly same <laughs> and I, I hate that for you I don't want to say that makes me happy but like I'm kind of am happy that we're on this together and I've chatted to other influencers too that's kind of expressed the same thing and it's like oh my gosh I'm in my flop era like it's it's been really difficult I feel I feel like at one point Instagram was like amazing and my content was like popping off and now it's not as much so it is a little bit challenging sometimes to see the platform that you're using so much starting to kind of fail I guess but yeah what can we do no it's been really hard to to navigate and I can't imagine for you who this is like somewhat of your income like for me it's I make money off of it but it's mostly for fun where like as for you it is part of your career part of your job like it is really hard I I was struggling so much with with that earlier like now it helps that I have other things going on and yeah I don't make money off of this podcast but it's like the most fun form of social media for me I think um but yeah it, it has been it's really hard when it's like you do you put so much effort into your content and you feel like it's not being rewarded Nobody sees it. yeah I mean I I think that brands are understanding full transparency like it hasn't affected they me are. financially thank god like I'm still yeah I think brands are really good about money. it yeah but in terms of like the content itself like I'll post something and oh my gosh I have to like hide the likes and it's just it's been rough but I also feel like sometimes and I tell this to my friend all the time. I'm like, maybe it's time for like a rebranding. Like maybe it's like content I'm putting out. Like maybe I need to go back to like the aesthetic pink bead that I used to have, you know? I think trying to like switch things up sometimes helps. Like at one point, I think photo dumps were doing really well for me, but now that's not working. So now I need to figure out, okay, what's the next thing that's going to work on my feed? You know, it's kind of like a game. You need to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I think, yeah, we were talking about that earlier, like being willing to pivot and try new things. You kind of just have to keep it interesting, keep it fresh. And, and also I think the most important thing is like putting out the content that you want to create, like don't do it because it's working for other people. Like the whole, like Alex Earl, get ready thing. Like if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. Don't do it just to like, because it's working for her. It, it's not going to work for you because your audience is going to know that it's not authentic to you. Like the end of the day, you have to create the content that you want to create and that you want to see as a consumer and being willing to play it up and change it up and try new things to figure out what that is. But as long as it's what you want, because then your audience is going to see that. Yeah. And then you also don't want to be creating the same content as everybody else. Like the whole get ready with me thing. Like if I see get ready with me, I'm flipping to the next video. Like I've had it like, and it was, I still create those videos too, by the way. I'm just saying I do. I do it every once in a while too. But like, Same, yeah, but it's like, oh my gosh, how many get ready with me that we're going to fucking have? <laughs> no, it, it is. Or like now I'm getting to the point where like every video is the same TikTok yeah, audio. No, we're the same oh, sound. The and it's like 500 versions of the same. And like the people like the, on my For You page, I'm like, my goodness. Like, yeah, I've seen it twice. Yeah. Like we're good. Yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah totally. Like, or, or then I feel like I have to like, okay, how can I make this audio work for my content? I'm like, <laughs> yes, go like, away. Like, this like, is not important. Trendy. It's trending. I have to use it. <laughs> this literally will do nothing for me, but then I feel compelled to do it. No, I feel that for people who want to start working with brands and like, what is the most important pieces of advice you have? Like, whether it's like a contract negotiation thing or knowing your rates, like for people who are just starting to, to gain traction, brands want to work with them, but they don't know what to look for in these deals. What do you, what do you recommend? Well, I think when you're starting out, I think it's, I mean, I'm, I think it's, first of all, like, you need to be genuine about it. If you really don't have a following, I don't feel like you can be like expecting payment off the bat. I did gifting for the longest time. Honestly, I think I did gifting until like 2021. Or I think even last year, I think 2022 is the first time where I'm like, okay, I'm getting money like this is I consider this a job. So if you if, if you're first starting out, it's important to just 
make relationships with brands. And I did that for the longest time. Like I would work with, I want to say like eight to seven brands per month. And I just focused on creating a relationship with them to the point where they wanted to keep working with me. And then they started paying me. So I think that worked really well for me. I think also, you know, when you're sharing your rate with with a brand, I always like to let them know that I'm open to open to negotiating. Um, because, you know, being on the other side of that, since I also work in influencer marketing, I feel like if a influencer or their manager isn't really willing to negotiate with me, I'm kind of like, okay, it's a dead deal. But if a creator is letting me know that like their price is negotiable, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what we can work out. So I think that is also something that really works for me as well. And then in terms of contract, I think a lot of people um, aren't aware of like usage rights. And I had no idea like what, I didn't understand any type of usage rights before I worked at Dr. Dennis, to be completely honest. I would always just like scan the contract, sign it, boom, done. Sometimes I still do that, which is really uh, bad. Don't do that, dude. You know, literally the worst thing you could do. I literally you were doing <laughs> you were doing so well. And I was like, I love that you like learned that from your job and you implement into it now. Like I was literally like, you're doing so well. I love this. The lawyer know, side of I know. I know, but I'll, I'll, I definitely like will like scan through it, but then my eyes always go to usage rights because you don't want a brand to take advantage of you. And then you also don't want to sign something that wasn't mentioned to you before. Um, yeah, you so have that's to make sure. Yeah, reading your contract is important. I mean, again, like, of course I read my contract. Sometimes I'll scan through them, but just knowing what you're signing is, is definitely important. And then I think in terms of like getting, I guess, brand deals, I think, your pitch is very important too. Like I, I get a lot of pitches from creators, obviously like because I work for a skincare company and the ones that are long and the ones that you can tell it's just like a template are the ones that I'm not interested in. I like the kinds of creators who reach out to me and say, I want to work with you. I love your brand. Here's my handle. Here is an example of a piece of content I created using one of the Dr. Dennis Rose products. And I'm like, oh, okay. Let me see that. So I feel like if you're off the bat, like wanting, you know, products for free, you kind of have to explain why you would be a good content for them. Agreed. Yeah. No, as a manager and as an influencer myself, and also as a lawyer, like the number one thing is make sure you know what you're signing and review your contracts. And if you don't understand, ask someone for help. And that's, that's why I do what I do. And that's why I wanted to go into it. But yeah, I think the, the pitch is so important. And I love that you learned that from being in the influencer marketing role at your job, you have been able to improve yeah. how you react and reach out to brands and work with brands and it has benefited you. I think that's something that people don't value. Like it's okay to not do it full-time either at all or not yet. There's so much you could learn. All these other skills are transferable. Even if you, like you work in influencer marketing, but even me as a lawyer, like as a law student, it helped me as a content creator. It actually ended up pursue, pushing me to pursue doing it together. But that made me a better influencer because like, oh, like there's, I can negotiate a contract. I learned that in law yeah. school that you should. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that's, that I wanted to make a note that that helped you. But yeah, number one thing is not just reviewing the contract and understanding what you're signing and things like usage rights and exclusivity, but just the pitch is so important. You need to tell them why you want to work with them. Not just, oh my God, I love your brand. I would love to work with you. Here's my media kit. Like, okay, that cool. Like, yeah, why, like, why should yeah. the brand work with you? Like, why? Like, I don't, so, I don't share rates right away. I don't share media kit right away. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is what I, this is why I love your brand. I've been using it forever. Or I may have never used it before, but I really want to. And this is how I can incorporate it into my content. This is yeah. what I could provide you with. And then yeah. you start the conversation and build the relationship. I think relationship building is so, so important. And I will say, which, I mean, I think a lot of creators might disagree with me, but media kits don't do shit for me. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't create them. I don't, I don't have them. a media kit. I don't, I don't want one. When, when I ask a influencer for her rate and she sends me a media kit in my eyes, it's kind of like, okay, are you just like too lazy to give me the exact rate I'm looking for? And then 99% of the time, the rate that I want isn't even on there. Like for example, a lot of times we'll, we will just request like raw footage. So you just want the video and then our team will edit it. That's not on their media kit. So it's like, 
did you not read my email? Like I am very turned off by media kids. I don't like them. I don't have one myself and I'm not about it. And um, I think the the email we were just talking about before, like the long templates of like, I love your brand, let's collab. I think that worked really well three years ago. That doesn't work anymore because there are so many influencers on email, on DMs. We get a lot of DMs from like 13 year olds, 12 year olds who are like, I'm a UGC creator. And now, you know, UGC creator is like the new thing. UGC this, UGC that. I'm a creator. And it's like, there's so many people begging for product, not just in Dr. Gross, in every single brand that it's like the emails are overwhelming. And those kinds of emails just don't work anymore. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's so funny. The UGC. And and you say you guys ask for raw footage. That is UGC. But yeah, I don't, I don't create media kits. I don't send them as an influencer manager for my clients. If they ask for a rate, I, I'm like, what's your budget? I want to see what their budget is first, because maybe there's more there. And if we send a number and they actually were willing to offer us a lot more, guess what? They're going to take what we said. So like, don't do that. So I always try to ask for a budget first. And then I, and if they really won't give us a budget, then I will start a little higher than my rate, knowing it's going to be negotiated down because it's always, they're always going to negotiate and you should always negotiate. And then, yeah. And I break down the rates. I'm like, this is a, this is what it is for this. This yeah. is like what usage rights, this is exclusivity. This is name, image, and likeness. If you want a package, we're willing to work with you on that. I'll, you know, I can do this for a package when a full whatever would be this, like, and I'm already letting them know, Hey, I'm negotiating things and I'm cutting back things to make it more fair to you, but also like, we're going to get paid. Yeah. I think being willing to work around it and negotiate. And that's why building that relationship with that brand is so helpful because I'm also a lot more willing to take less of a brand that I like knowing that we could probably get a longer term partnership versus a brand that I really don't want to work with. Or that the client is like, I, it's a really good deal for my content, but like, I don't yeah. really like the, how we're being talked to, we're, we're not going to, we're going to be a little bit harder, you know? And, yeah. and it's that relationship building is so important because that's why media kits suck too. Not just that it's not even like the full rate on there is that depending on the partner, the, the brand and the person, you might be willing to work, change it up. You never know. So then you're like yeah. stuck to that number that you don't even know the last time you reviewed the media kit. Yeah. And then also like a lot of the media kids have insights and engagement rate and that, that stuff is changing weekly. Like, especially with the crazy algorithm of Instagram, like I don't trust that. And then on top of that, like you could put any number you want in a media kit. That's not accurate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I always, yeah. I, I think it's so funny looking back at media kits, how we used to put like a chart or like a graph or the number of followers we have and like analytics, like that literally was so outdated every time. Like it just didn't make sense. Right. And then a lot of creators don't realize that brands use specific platforms to track those things. So like right now, if I wanted to check your engagement rate, I could use the platform that we use. And that would tell me, it it would give me a breakdown of your audience and your engagement rate, et cetera. And like how well, like if you tag us in a piece of content, that would tell me how well it performed. So like the media kit to us, it's like giving it, it's giving nothing because we can access that information ourselves. And a lot of creators don't realize that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't think people realize that, that brands can track it too. Just like they ask out of courtesy, but they can track it too. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The pitch email, like I, it, I, I'm curious to know like what you send in a pitch email yourself to brands, having been on the influencer side, because Mm -hmm. I know what works as a manager, but it is still a little bit of a, it's not a long email. It's three paragraphs, but it's still like, it's an introduction. Like I introduce the girl first and then I say why they like the brand. And then I say what they can create for you. So it's still like slightly longer, but it's just, I want it to be like, I want them to get all the information. So when they go look at the profile, they know what they're looking for already. And they're seeing the vision, but I'm curious to see like what you guys like to get on the brand side and what you send as an influencer, just for my own client's sake. Um, and I, I love, and that's why I love like having a podcast and like talking to different creators all the time is like always being willing to evolve and change and try. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's for me, like through work, I, I like seeing creators who 
will send me an email, but like actually talk about our products. Like, oh my gosh, I've been using the peel, the peel pads for X amount of time. And this is what it's done for my skin. And so to me, three like, boxes now. <laughs> my God, they're so good. Aren't they though? <laughs> no, like I had one already. And then I think you sent me like a box and then another one arrived at my door. And I was like, now I have yes. literally like 90 of these yes. and I am so happy. <laughs> we send them monthly because you're supposed to use them every single day. But I think yeah, I use I them just- like I use them like three to four times a week, honestly, but they are great. But again, like if an influencer is sharing, sharing how much she loves a product, that to me is like, okay, like she's a brand fan because I've also gotten emails and it's like, Hey, like, I love your, your brand. And then like, it says like insert brand name or it says the wrong brand. And I'm like, girl, like you literally just copied and pasted. It's okay to use a template, but you have to work the template. It's not just a copy paste. (laughs) And like tailor it, you know, like it's it's so good. I've gotten gotten a lot of those. And it's like, this is kind of embarrassing. Like it's not happening. There's, I'm not going to send you products. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I use a template. I have like, but yeah, you always tailor it to each individual brand and each individual client. Yeah. Yeah. As an influencer, as an influencer, the way that I reach out is pretty much like similar to how I like to be reached out to. So a brief introduction. So for example, if I'm doing like a, if I want to reach out to a hotel, because I love doing hotel collabs, I always list examples of previous hotel collabs that I've had. And I feel like that works for me. So like I recently went on on, um, Virgin Cruises. I want to go on a Virgin trip so bad. Oh my gosh. It was like the best trip ever. And I think the reason why I got the collab is because the the way that I pitched myself, you know, I let them know that I worked for a cruise line for three years. And then I gave examples of like hotel collaboration. So I think providing examples is what really helps. Yeah. Making it personal, why you're the right person for this campaign. I think that's so, so important. I'm glad you brought that up. I saw that you went on it and my, one of my sorority sisters, my, my G big, um, mm-hmm. did a voyage or a like virgin voyage partnership too and like both of you guys did it and I was like oh my god I want to go so oh my god I, I pitched myself to them but I've never worked at the hotel or a cruise ship or like any of those but I was like you know what I'm gonna try because I'm always traveling I'm always trying to go like I'll see if I can make it work because I that would be like a dream trip I love I, I, I've never done virgin voyage cruises but mm-hmm. I love cruises and, and um and I like Virgin, like I've flown Virgin Airlines and I really like one of my best experiences with any travel company has been with Virgin. So yeah. Yeah. It was definitely an amazing trip. And to be honest, like, obviously, like I mentioned, I worked for another cruise line and like, I was always like die hard for the brand I worked for. And after I went on Virgin, I was like, yeah, I, I yep. I, it's changing. Like I'm die hard for Virgin just because it was so great. The staff was amazing. Like it wasn't as packed as a typical cruise is. It was an amazing experience, honestly. Yeah. No kids too. Yeah. I love yep. Norwegian. Norwegian is like normally what we fly or fly. <laughs> we go on cruises with, but I, I, I know I'll prefer Virgin so much more. So I'm like dying to go. Like yeah, who wants yeah. to go on a cruise with me so we can go. I just, even if <laughs> I have to pay for it the first time, I want to go. Like, I really just want to go and try Virgin, but Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was amazing. I think there's so much good info here for people who want to get into social media or want to be an influencer or marketing. Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out so they can go check you out. You can find me on Instagram, Danny Ponce. That's Danny's with two N's. And then on TikTok, it's Danny Ponce underscore. And then my storefront is actually dannyponce.com, which I actually just created myself. Cool. I will link everything in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.